Hi, I'm Ayala Marinovich, your host. Welcome back to Strength in Words, a family enrichment program for parents, caregivers, and infants and toddlers of all developmental levels. Each episode, we get together to sing a few songs, discuss some ideas for play, and outline some insight about early development. This series is time for you to be together and to feel like you're doing something good for and with your baby, small child, or multiple young children. Please always follow your child's lead. I am a speech and language pathologist, and I specialize in work with very young children, but this is not to be confused with speech therapy. This is what I call family enrichment. All suggested activities are meant to be enjoyed by your baby under a close adult supervision. For a more complete story of Strength in Words, please listen to my introduction episode or visit my website, strengthinwords.com. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. We can start by saying hello to the people who are with us. Hello to a yellow, hello to the singers, hello, 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 hello to the babies, hello to the toddlers, hello, hello, hello. Hello to the children, hello to the grown-ups, hello, 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 hello to your friends, hello to my friends, hello, hello, hello. Since I don't know your name, I'll help you sing the song and you can fill it in. Ready? Hello to your child's name, hello to your name, hello, 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 everybody, hello, everybody, hello, hello, hello. Today we're going to be speaking to Andrea Borichter, a pediatric speech and language pathologist and mother behind the speech mom and creator of the Bloom Box. Let's sing her a warm welcome. Hello to Andy, hello to Andy, hello, 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 hello to all the kiddos, hello to the parents, hello, 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 one last time. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here today. Hello everybody, hello everybody, it's nice to see you here. Welcome to episode 43 of the Strength in Words podcast. Today I'm speaking with Andy Borichter of The Speech Mom. She is a pediatric speech and language pathologist specializing in the areas of speeding and language development. She's the owner of Bloombox, which she'll tell us more about in a few minutes, and she's a mother of two young boys. I can relate. Andy, welcome. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me. This is great. So nice to have you. So I asked you to come onto the show today to speak a bit about your own experience as both a professional working with young children, as well as a mother of young children, which of course is, again, something I can relate to as well. So first, let's just hear a little bit about you, what brought you to the kind of work you're doing today. So um, like you said, I'm a pediatric speech and language pathologist. And I've always been really passionate about involving families and working with families. Um, But as I I moved to South Dakota um, and took took some birth to three patients, which I really I really enjoy um, because it's more of a family training type model. So I I learned more by doing it, and 
Sorry, I lost a headphone there. Um, and as I um, as I invested in um, in learning more, I realized how how much more progress these kids were making because we were involving the families. And um, and yeah, and then we I, I saw the same thing as I became more involved with feeding therapy. The more I can train the families, the more progress these kids are making. So, so yeah, that's a little bit about how I ended up being so passionate about training families. Right. Again, it's we're we're there as the professional for this very distinct short amount of time. So the more training, the more absolutely, effective. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we as much as we'd love to say we can make a huge difference in one hour a week, we really can't. I mean, yeah. we can we can train some new skills for a kid, but when we want to see carryover, we want to see real hardcore progress. We have to look at how we can train someone that's with them all the time yeah. to do what we do. Exactly. Exactly. So how, I'm so curious how your conception of your professional identity changed when you had kids of your own. It changed, it changed everything. Um, I actually remember, (laughs) I remember my very first session I came back after my maternity leave. I walked in thinking everything would be the same and I left thinking I'll never do a session the same again. The boys, Hank and Gus, they inspire everything I do as a therapist. I mean, they, they don't, they didn't educate me. They don't make it easier for me to do my job, but (laughs) there's nothing they do that makes um, my life easy for them. Or you know what I mean? But they, they taught me um, to stop treating families like they are just there and making them the most important aspect of therapy. And Mm -hmm. Hank actually had feeding issues. He was born a few weeks early and I was getting so irritated going into these lactation consultants, um, meeting with his pediatrician, the way they were talking to me, they were telling me what he was doing and why he was doing it. And I would say, what, what should I be doing? And they were like, Oh, you know, well, we will do this and we will do that, but give me something to take home because he's my whole world. You know, and I, I now realize that with the families I work with, I love these kids. You know, I love every patient I have and they are so important to me and I'm so passionate about them doing well, but it's not even a small comparison of how much their parents want them to do well and how much their parents care. So if we can teach them what to do, everybody's winning. Yeah. That's exactly it. Yeah. And like you said, like we, we love these kids as professionals, but we know now that we have our own little person Mm -hmm. or people that, um, that doesn't compare at all to how their parents feel. Absolutely. That's sort of what changed for me as well. I get that. And you know, I also want to say too, that, um, it made me so much more realistic because now, um, if, uh, if somebody tells me to do something with my kids and I'm like, how many times a day do you want me to do that? Like, are you insane? <laughs> and so I used to tell families like, well, I think you should be doing this five to six times a day. And now I'm like, if you get it done once, give yourself a high five because it's amazing. Right. Woo! <laughs> yeah. Right. So yeah, that's changed too. Yeah. Well, that makes so much sense. What are some of the most important sort of tips or strategies that you use as a therapist that proved to be actually the most useful to you as a mother? Absolutely. Flip it around. <laughs> that is such a great question. 
And it is, without a doubt, patience. And I know that we are like, oh, patience. Yeah, everybody needs to have that. But especially when it comes to language development and feeding development, um, as a mom, I'm like, get it in your mouth. Let's do this. Like, we, you know, eat, eat, eat. But as a therapist, I know that I have to give them the food, let them experience the food, play with the food, talk to the food, lick the food, you know. We, um, my husband just made like turkey quesadillas for lunch and Gus was just like, mm, no. <laughs> and you know, and my husband, he doesn't quite have that like feeding therapist vibe. So he's like, eat it. It's good. And so I was like, oh, well, what do you think? Mommy likes hers. You know? And I mean, he was there for 10 minutes before he actually took the bite, but he did it. Whereas if I would have been like, I'm putting this in your mouth, he'd have probably lost his mind. Right. Um, yeah. And then the same thing goes for, for language development, especially like imitation modeling when I was working on just like that reciprocal imitation as a therapist, if I watched a mom do that, I would be like, give them time. But as a mom, I just do it. I'm like, come on, say mama, mama, mama. (laughs) And then I have to kind of remember what I tell parents not to do and then Right. You have to put on your two hats. Right. Which hat am I wearing? (laughs) Absolutely. My kids know when I'm wearing my therapist hat. Like, they see, like, rolling eyes, especially at meals. And I'm like, oh, well, if we don't know anything about this food, let's just touch it. And they're like, oh, geez, this lady again. (laughs) That's amazing. It sounds like, and I, I get it because I do the same thing, like, having that sort of structure of this is that, the scaffolding, right? This, These are the steps. Mm-hmm. And that, that's what I think we, we have to bring to families as professionals is the te- helping parents understand what the steps are to become successful so that a child can learn a certain skill. And some of that we just all, all many, many families know innately, right? Many parents yeah. get that, like, mm-hmm. obviously, for instance, a child is not born able to say a word, right? There are tiny little pieces that go into the development of speech and language so that a child can start to say his or her first word. Yes. And it's the same thing, like, as you're saying, with, with feeding and with all of those different pieces. And I think it's important, too, to, um, to, to discuss that with parents, that there are um, necessary steps to get to the end goal. I love actually Asha has a a printout of what they should be doing when they should be doing it. Mm -hmm. Because I I think it's not only important for us to look at what they should be doing, but also to look at what they shouldn't be doing. Um, They don't need to be putting these words together at 16 months. Let's back it up and look at what steps they need to be looking at And ASHA is the American Speech and Hearing Association, and they have great parent resources at ASHA.org. Yes, yes. And we'll link to those on the podcast page and here in the community lab as well. Um, That's great, Andy. Thank you. Yeah. All right. We are going to just take a little break to hear a word from our sponsors, and then we'll hear a little bit more about some of your favorite resources, Andy, because I know you have some amazing ones that you've created as well. I can't wait to hear about those. Okay. Do you want to provide an enriching environment without all the plastic bells and whistles? Do you want to know how to stimulate your infant or toddler's growth and development? Are you tired of trying to do all of this in a vacuum? We weren't meant to parent in isolation. That's why I created the Strength in Words Community Lab, 
a content and community hub that brings you peace of mind. You have what matters when you need it most. Bite-sized morsels of developmental information, activity ideas to apply right now, parent support groups grouped by your child's age, developmental music classes, unprecedented access to professionals and special guests like the one we have today, and an active, engaged community of others like you. The Community Lab is an all-in-one resource that isn't one-size-fits-all. To take your free one-week trial and join us for everything I've just described, as well as member access to Q&A sessions with the featured guests I bring on the podcast, come check out community.strengthandwords.com. Okay, Andy, what made you decide to start The Speech Mom? And my second half of that twofold question, how did bloom boxes come to be? <laughs> so The Speech Mom was a blog that I started because I recognized uh, that as a parent, I was looking for resources, and there was really twofold resources. There was a group of resources that were being offered by people maybe without the education needed to offer those resources. And then on the complete other end of the spectrum, there was a lot of resources offered by professionals that maybe didn't have that realistic aspect of having their own family. And neither of those resources were wrong. It's just not what I was looking for. I was looking for educated and realistic. And I, I said to my husband one day when he came home from work that I really wished someone was offering this education uh, that also had the the realistic experiences of being a mom. And he said, that sounds like something good for you to do. And <laughs> Thanks, honey. <laughs> yeah, great, because I don't have anything else to do. Um, yeah. So honestly, I wrote the first blog post and I had expectations of seven people reading it. Like my mom, my mother-in-law, maybe a few friends. And it was so cool to see how many mothers, how many caregivers were really interested in their child's development. And they were really interested in how they could use the information in a realistic manner. Yes. Uh, easy, simple tips. Uh, there is no expensive equipment required. And I'm never going to tell a parent to do something that I would not do because yeah. that's, that's horrible. And also, I'm never going to post something that doesn't solve a problem. And that is kind of a war between my husband and I because he always reads them before I post them. And he's like, "This, what is, what is this? Are you solving a problem? And I'm like, no, but I just wanted to talk about it. And then he's like, get rid of it. <laughs> That's a, what a wonderful, like, touchstone to have. That's great. Yeah, he's, he's great um, most of the time. But when I want to post something and he's like, no then I'm kind of mad at him. Right. <laughs> so, so yeah, the, that's how this speech round started. And I really, I, I was working for a different company. I really had no expectations of it being anything other than just a blog. Mm-hmm. And then people started calling that company and asking specifically for me. And I was kind yeah. of like, what am I doing here? Like I should just be doing my own thing. So, um, so that's what I did. I quit my job. Everybody was, kind of thinking I was losing my mind and I just started doing private practice 
And now I am full-time seeing patients. And I think the reason that it is doing so well is because instead of treating the child, and I tell families this is my very first visit, I do not treat your child, I will treat the whole family because that's how we're going to, you know, be successful. Well put. And you're preaching to the choir here. Woo! Then there's the bloom box. And the the bloom box is kind of its own beast. I, I started it because families were saying to me, what am I supposed to do until you get back? And even though I'm telling them, oh, get this toy out and do this and work with this and use these words and blah, 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 <laughs> the moms would say, yeah, my kid's not going to do that for me with my toys. And I bring in really cool toys when I do therapy. Um, and that's what the kids love. And that's what engages them. So I started putting together little kits for parents. And they would keep them for a couple weeks and return them. And then their friends were asking, where can we get these sets of toys with these therapy lesson plans? Because they're not just for kids that have speech and language delays. They are also for kids who are typically developing. My boys pick one every month. Right now they have, well, we've had camping for like a month and a half. But it's it's a favorite. They're obsessed with it. And I'm like, well, okay, just keep it. So you organize uh, them by theme, which I know because I received one to yeah. try. And it was so fun. We had an ice cream theme. Yes, great. they are all themed. And, you know... Everything has kind of just morphed into how it is today because at first it wasn't. I was like throwing in some toys, writing some activities, leaving them with families. And then because I'm me, I'm like, oh, wouldn't this be so cool that it's themed and, you know, charming? And then I was adding a sensory bin because who doesn't benefit from a sensory bin? And, you know, there it is. (laughs) I love it. I think what I enjoy about what you've done with bloom boxes the most is that it's not, it's not just that it's like these fun toys. It's, it's the little piece that you put in that shows and tells parents how to use them. That's the key. That's why I think it's the coolest because it it marries that professional and, and parent so beautifully because you've got really fun toys, really, you, you're just showing sort of an example with these specific fun toys, but it's that it's the handouts that you bring with them that show parents, like, here's a way to think outside of this box that I've given you, actually. <laughs> here's, a, here's a way to think outside here's, of what's right, inside here's the box. Here's the box, and here's <laughs> the amazing stuff that's in it, but even if you don't have these kinds of things forever, you'll only have them for a temporary amount of time, which in and of it is kind of awesome because for a person who strives to be more minimalist than she is, like, what a great idea. Yeah, well, it's um, also just to, like, have that rotation of toys. Yes, I mean, toy rotation. Jeez, like, just getting something new every every four weeks, my kids are all about it, whereas I wish that we could just throw away the toys we have and just, but I've tried. Exactly. Let me. Exactly. But then the, the fact that you, you put in this, like, very specific, like, hey, here are some really easy ways that you can incorporate this kind of language. And yeah, it's, and it's specific enough, and but also broad enough to help people start to just, like, get them thinking about how we can use play to open up and, and really support communication development, which is... And, yeah, and the yeah. goal of all of those activities is that 
it can be child-led and it can still have that language enrichment, the cognitive enrichment, the fine motor, the sensory, because we don't have to tell a child how to play. They innately know how to play, but how can we use the natural play that they are going to do on their own to help them develop new skills? It is such a fun challenge to write those activities, to see, you know, see how we can use these toys to elicit new development skills. Um, And the bloom boxes are for ages two through six. So there's two levels of, um, of each, of each activity. So there's the new talker, which we see like the two and three year olds really benefit from. And then the four through six is the next stepper. Um, And so you know how they work. Everybody out there knows how they work is that you rent them. So you get a subscription, you get one every month. And at the end of the month, you box it back up. There's a shipping label in there. You slap it on and it comes right back to me. And in the meantime, you get a new one. Uh, And the research shows that after about four weeks, your kids don't get um, any, any type of developmental simulation from toys. If they played with them for four weeks, really you can get rid of them. Um, I know, isn't that sad? I wish I could just get rid of everything after four weeks, but, and then, and also they're all sanitized with natural, um, cleaning, um, ingredients and they're all, you know, reprepped for, for the families. And also, this is so cool. A company um, that makes child-friendly baking ingredients has reached out to me. And now you get a baking mix in a few of the boxes, in the cupcake box, in the Italian box, in the birthday box. You get a a mix that is egg-free. So if kids want to have that sensory involvement, use their fingers. If they lick their fingers, we're not worried about, you know, the salmonella aspect of it. Very nice. Amazing. What fun. So, Andy, can you share a few more of just some of your favorite resources for language development, communication, play, those kinds of things? Well, Strength in Words is a great resource. <laughs> Thank you. It's not, you know, it's so nice. I think when both of us started, there there were very few of, of mm-hmm. us. And now I'm so glad that there are a few people like us who can create this really useful content for people and and you know, disseminate the information. It's so fun. Absolutely. And in different voices, right? So, Well, and I think it's really cool um, that you and I have done more of our work towards um, people, not speech pathologists. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Not that speech pathologists aren't great. People. (laughs) The rest of the people. Because I think that I, I love borrowing resources from so many other blogs from so many other websites um but we have the education to use those resources that were designed for speech pathologists so i think it's really cool that there is all of a sudden this movement of providing resources and um education for families instead of colleagues which yeah and i need that colleague resource so don't stop doing what you're doing people like the speech bubble um but i think it's great that we're reaching out a little bit further so, but yeah, my favorite resources, you know, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just always like going with it. What I find I, for feeding, I, um, there are some like products that I love. Like I love easy peasy. Are you guys familiar with easy peasy? There are these mats that's like, 
They are not sticky. They are suction cupped. Maybe I have yes. one. Oh, I we do. I've, I've got one right here. I sent you. Yeah, they're great little like placemat things. Yes. Yeah. With the so, with the plate built in. Yeah. So it's like it sticks to your table, and the kids can't throw them, which I think is so cool. You know, other resources that I like feeding wise, I love the um, Lala cups. If you guys are looking for sippy cups, they're straw cups that have weighted straws. So when you tip them, the straw drops to where the liquid is. Mm -hmm. How do you spell that? L-O-L-L-A cup. Mm -hmm. It's a smaller company, but they were on Shark Tank. That's how I learned about them. They're on Shark Tank. We have a question from the audience, which is when should you start with those cups? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I like to start, I like bottles to be gone by 12 months. If it's a kiddo that is bottle fed, I just like to have that gone by 12 months. And I like to just incorporate the cups naturally starting around nine months. So Mm -hmm. I'm not giving it to them in in place of a bottle, I'm just giving it to them because I want you to start getting used to this. So um, even though they might still be breastfed or bottle fed, just start showing them those cups, setting them in front of them, let them knock them on the floor. I don't care. Um, make it just a natural part of their day. It's a play um, object. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's something that they're, we want them to be comfortable with. It's a low pressure situation yeah. that it's a play full of. And then as far as how, how old they should be when they suck out of straws, I'm pretty relaxed on this because I don't feel like sucking on a straw is like a, they must have this skill kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I know between 18 and 24 months, I love to see that that's a successful skill they can do all the time. Before mm-hmm. that, eh, if you have a really big concern, I get the honey bears mm-hmm. and the honey bears are they're therapy cups but anybody can use them it looks like one of those little honey bears you know that we get our honey out of but it's a straw and it's airtight so if you squeeze that bear a little bit the liquid shoots up through the straw Mm -hmm. and that's a great way just to trigger a child's understanding of oh liquid's gonna come out of this straw and a lot of times that's all it takes is that little squeeze shoots into their mouth and then the reflex is that they suck out of it, which is cool. Yeah. Very cool. Well, Andrea, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much. And thanks to all our community lab members who are listening live. And we're going to continue this discussion, open up for a Q and a session for you guys in just a minute, but for everyone listening from home or on the go, thanks so much for joining us and we will see you next time. Bye. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, I yell it. Goodbye to this music. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. If you feel inclined to support what we're doing here in Strength and Words, you can do so by joining our mailing list, where you can actually receive weekly ideas and developmental information applicable to your infant or toddler to maximize the connection between you and your baby, 
and to bring you peace of mind. If you haven't yet done so, please leave a review of the Strength in Words podcast on iTunes or Stitcher. That helps other people find the good work we're doing. Don't forget to check out our community at community.strengthinwords.com, your content and community hub to make your play more productive. Come take a one-week trial on me. See you next time. Thanks for being here. See you later. What will you do the rest of your day? Goodbye to the babies. Goodbye to the toddlers. Goodbye, bigger kids. Goodbye, all the siblings. Goodbye to the grown-ups. Goodbye to the singers. Goodbye, I am it. Goodbye to this music. We laughed and we played. We're getting very clever. This is what counts being here together. Thanks so much, everyone. If you feel inclined to support what we're doing here at Strength in Words, you can do so by joining our mailing list, where you'll receive periodic updates and information about all our offerings. I'll be here again next time.